Mr. Downton. Yeah, um, Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it. It's a real word. Not in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleich, for part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and also featured on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. I'd like to thank Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma for sponsoring today's show. Grady wants to be your homeboy, and you can find him on Twitter or Instagram at homeboyok, or you can go to homeboyok.com. If you're trying to sell your home, or buy a home in the Oklahoma City area, Grady Carter is your man. He's a GRI designee, which means he knows everything about the home buying and selling process. He's a total expert. He's a total pro. And he will literally be your friend through the process. He cares about people. He cares about families. He cares about good outcomes for people. So please contact him if you're looking to buy or sell a home. He's a wonderful person. And please visit his website, homeboyok.com, homeboyok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And with me today, I've got my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, Andrew, I want to open this by telling you a nice story. Can I? Please, please. <laughs> so this morning, I. I woke up by reading, uh, or or it was yesterday. I don't I don't really remember. Probably yesterday, um, reading uh, a nice story where Kevin Durant just is seeking uh, for appreciation from his peers. And last week, I basically picked up my four year daughter from the uh, daycare, and she was utterly mad. And I said, well, "Anita, what's up?" And she told me um, a friend of mine said that I'm a, a newborn, that I just born, which is not true, Dad. And he said, yes, well, you, you are four. He said, yes. And I told him that I cannot be newborn because I don't wear diapers. So I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Andrew, <laughs> diapers are more powerful than MVP trophies or scoring <laughs> titles or whatever in, um, say, telling you that you are actually appreciated by your, by your peers. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are literally the best scorer, like pure scorer of all time, probably. Like what, what, what does it mean to seek? Like, I, I, I don't even know how, how you can say something like this. Yeah. Like, what is people it? appreciate Kevin Durant more when he was in OKC? Like right. I feel way more. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you can just look at, I mean, if he's looking, he's like, I'm getting validation. Well, Shea Serrano, his tweet last night, he tweeted, the wildest part of all of this is that Kevin Durant is going to have two championships and still have no championships. And it was retweeted uh, over 3,000 times so far. And like, he thinks that he's going to, here's the deal. Like the Warriors and whatever they're doing to him is just amazing. Like, it's just, 
unreal what they've been able to do to like shape him and mold him up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mold his mind to thinking that you were never appreciated before. Now, no one ever knew who you were before. Now it's just like, what? Like people still say you're the real MVP. Like someone said that to me the other day and I'm like, okay, like obviously, and like Kevin Durant made a massive impact like on pop culture and on basketball and on obviously Oklahoma city community. And to just think that like he needs validation from his peers when most of his peers are like, I would never do what he did. And I still don't get why he did what he did. And like anybody, like most of like the older guys, you know, like the Charles Barkley's and those guys, like they don't respect the decision that he made. Yeah. And so it's just really weird that he would think that his decision to sign with the Warriors all had to do with getting validation from his peers when... Well, probably a, a selected group of peers. Like maybe, maybe now, Steph, Clay. Well, I don't think Steph. Well, well anyway, Steph, Clay, and especially Draymond. Draymond yeah. Uh, respect him and validate him more probably uh, because he just gave them like free free like free uh, tickets for the finals every year like mm-hmm. that that's probably the case uh, I mean I don't know which kind of mind tricks Draymond did but it's it's remarkable that you take a guy which is an MVP who had the opportunity to win um, game six by doing like a normal performance not even like a great one. Right. And to, to make him say that he felt not appreciated or not validated when he was in OKC, that is that is remarkable. Maybe he wants to be known as a different player, like a system player or something like that. That that may be true. Uh, but again, I mean, it's it's a very weird statement to make before a game two uh, of the finals. Let's let's put it this way. Yeah, it's garbage. Uh, let's move on to something else that's uh, kind of strange. Uh, there was an Instagram post made by someone. Their Instagram name is the Russ way. And they posted this picture that has Steven Adams, Russell Westbrook, Paul George and Carmelo Anthony on it. And it says, who's more valuable to OKC question mark. And then they tag Westbrook and they write, why not? Well, there's, 353 likes there's a bunch of comments and one of the comments made by hair.model.jj says all of them except mellow and steven adams <laughs> liked that <laughs> comment <laughs> um i had to double check the the instagram profile but is is the real one <laughs> i did too i was like oh, that cannot be yeah um so it's, it's, it's just funny that like this, these kind of things become news, but it is June 4th, 2018. And if you are a professional athlete, you, everything you do that's on the internet is going to be found and it's going to be scrutinized. So be careful what you like NBA mm-hmm. players, because we're going to see it. And, yeah. you know, Melo's discontent there at the really after the playoffs were over for OKC uh, has obviously spilled over into the locker room some. Um, mm-hmm. Like why else would Steven Adams like that? I'm sure Steven Adams doesn't want to put up with BS like this. I mean, he's basically his stance and Melo's stance could not be more opposite. 
Yeah. Cause Steven's yeah, I, like, I'll do whatever I can to, to win. I'll play whatever role. I'll shoot as many shots as you want me to. I'll sit down if you need me to, I'll do whatever you need to win. And Mello's like, no, I'm going to start. And so I'm sure that that really of anybody that probably makes him the most frustrated. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, the way Steven Adams play defense, I mean, in, in playoff, like during the playoffs, I, if you if you look at the defensive effectiveness of Steven Adams, you could say, well, he was not very effective. And, and it's true. I mean, individually, if you take every other play, like the other four player out and you just isolate what Steven did, you may think that he was not that effective. Um, but in the, like the reality is Steven Adams is a guy that is basically a computer on the defensive end. He really knows where to be, when to be. And if you screw up the coverage, he will suffer. Uh, if you don't do what you are supposed to, he will suffer because he will always do the right thing. And he will try to react. But if you react to cover like a huge mistake, you will you will not succeed like most of the times, not even the best players do. And so I think that Steven Adams was the one that suffered the most about uh, his uh, defensive effectiveness when Melo was on the floor. Uh, because, I mean, he continuously blew up uh, the, the the coverage, like when to switch, when not to switch, uh, when to hedge, when not to hedge, like all this stuff. If you, if you go back and watch the Utah series, you can uh, pinpoint a lot of... Um, actions where you watch a clip and the coverage is say Melo is on the right the next clip Melo is on the left the other clip is Melo is two feet behind so there's there was no consistency whatsoever and that I think will probably make anyone mad especially Steven oh yeah without a doubt and you know I mean, how much frustration does this show? I mean, it, it shows some that he would mm-hmm. stumble. First of all, like, how did he stumble upon this picture from yeah, the Russ way? I mean, it's just like <laughs> That's funny, weird. funny that he would even maybe see a friend, it. Like, say, said you are on the big four photo. And maybe he looked into that. And when yeah. he found that comment, he was just... <laughs> it's just Rory was laughing <laughs> and right, he liked that right and he's like ah, i don't care i'm just gonna like i'd love to know the circumstances under which he liked it but you know the i just would be surprised if Melo stuck around and if he he does um there's gonna have to be some kind of attitude change or some mm-hmm. revelation as to what kind of player he is over the summer and to think that that's gonna happen is probably a pipe dream. Like, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, or if you want to look in another way, um, like Steven is, again, is, is bright. So he doesn't do things um, or he doesn't, well, sometimes he, he slips something in, in interviews, but this is different to me. Um, and so he established uh, a very clear position on the matter. <laughs> Like, and this can right. be, this can lead to confrontation, uh, for sure, if Melo stays. But at least, he, like, he made clear to anyone uh, who looked into, into that. And, like, I, I got that in, in the mention, like, four or five times from different people. So, like, everyone basically knows about it. And oh, so yeah. he made a statement about where he stands and where probably Russ stands. Because, I mean, he, he and Russ are, for my knowledge, very good friends. 
And so um, if they make like a clear line, <laughs> like a clear position of where the locker room stands, then Melo can agree to either comply to that line, to that line of thinking, uh, or to, to just go. Yeah. And, you know, I still don't think that he'll opt out, mm-hmm. but I also a hundred percent don't know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a gray area and Melo made like for us, 28 millions is well, what you're opening yeah, out. But, but for Melo, like we don't really know. And, and this is something they always try to, to keep in my analysis is how much Melo will make if he's, if he goes back in New York in terms of merchandise, in terms of other partnerships, like for these guys, like for Kevin Durant to move to the Silicon Valley, means millions uh how much that um like he he agreed on taking less money because probably he doesn't care because the revenue that he generates from elsewhere in in oakland are way bigger than the one in okc uh and that that is why some small market have issues in um having stars and so melo melo maybe going in a place like chicago can make Close to the same amount, maybe not the exact same amount, but close to the same amount in terms of uh, events or like joint venture with with someone else. Like stars can make money elsewhere, and so I don't know how how that will reflect in the in the decision. Mm-hmm. Let me make myself clear. I don't think mm-hmm. he'll opt out. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they'll buy. You know I, think, I think that they'll buy him out, but it's not impossible. That he would just be like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just gonna yeah. go. I'm just gonna go do what I want to do. Um, and you know, here I go. So it'll. I yeah. I, I just don't. I don't think that'll happen. But I don't think it's out of the question. I think that's like there's a two percent chance that that can happen. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean that that can happen for sure. It's not. It's not. It's not like a done deal that he will be back and they have to buy him out. Yeah. I'd like to thank Andy's Frozen Custard for sponsoring today's show. You can go to Andy's Frozen Custard. There's a few locations around the Oklahoma City metro area. You can go to one in Edmond. There's one on Northwest Expressway. That's the one that I frequent. And I'm going to go there today to get the blackberry concrete. It's Andy's Frozen Custard blended with juicy blackberries, and it looks unreal. It's hot outside, and today is a great day to go check out Andy's Frozen Custard. They make their custard hour by hour, so it's fresh. They have fresh ingredients. You can get pretty much anything that you could desire inside an Andy's Frozen Custard concrete. So go check out Andy's today. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at Andy's Frozen Custard. Okay, let's let's move on to our next topic. Luka Doncic appears to be falling and nearly every mock draft that matters out there. People that have information, people that are talking to the teams have him going really forth to Mm -hmm. Memphis in a lot of mock drafts, which if you're Memphis, like you're just ecstatic. (laughs) You could get a guy like that. Um, But what is up with that? What are your thoughts on, on, on this? So I have two two things to say. The first one, I want to read uh, for the benefit of the listeners. Um, the the day in which uh, Luka Doncic was born was February 28, 1999. And these are the career awards he has right now. 
Euroleague Final Four MVP, Euroleague MVP, All Euroleague First Team, two times Euroleague Rising Stars, uh, Rising Star, um, Liga ACB MVP, which is like a, arguably the second best competition outside the NBA, uh, two times best young player on, the, on ACB, three times ACB All Young Players Team. Two times, well, and then a lot of wins and blah, blah. Um, he won the EuroLeague. He won the ACB. He won the uh, FIBA um, European Cup. This guy, at the age of 19, has won every possible trophy and award in Europe. No one, like in basketball history, has done that. No one. So you have to take into account this. He's a winner. He's one of the most talented players that ever played in Europe. The flip side of that uh, is the following. I was listening to la- the last uh, podcast of Sam Bessini, and he made this interesting, he and Cole, Cole Swicker made this really interesting point. You're drafting for five years from now and chasing the way basketball is played today may not be the wisest choice. Mm-hmm. Now you, everyone is searching for a ball handler that can shoot, uh, it has like craftiness, intelligence, and blah, blah, blah. But you don't know five years from now if the basketball uh, that is played right now will be the one um, that, that leads you to a title because you will be faced uh, prime Embiid, prime Carl Anthony Towns, um, probably prime Anthony Davis. And so if you think this way and you think that uh, Aiton or Jackson can be generational bigs. You can think that that choice will put you in a position where everyone is playing a certain type of basketball and you can punish that type of basketball. Because if you have like an interior force, force that can post up a smaller player and be successful, you may have an edge. Um, for example, think about Utah and switch for a second Shaquille O'Neal to Rudy Gobert. Can Golden State play small against Shaquille O'Neal? I don't think so. Um, is a clear cut that the uh, Golden State basketball will work against a big like that? I don't know. And so sooner or later, I think there will be a tendency to switch back or to try to, to find a counter to small ball uh, basketball. Mm-hmm. And so to think that a big man that can basically handle offensively whatever load you give him because Hayton can shoot, uh, has post move, has very soft end, and he moves his feet uh, reasonably well. Is that the counter? I am not ready to say no. Uh, I don't think so, and so I will draft Doncic anyway, but I cannot condemn the thinking of saying, well, big men will be important five years from now. What's your, what's your think? What's your thought about what this? Yeah, I get it. Like I get all of it. I just don't know that a guy that can dribble pass and shoot like Doncic, that that will ever be something that will not be effective in the NBA. True. Especially mm-hmm. the way that he passes. Mm-hmm. I just think to me, like I got, I understand Aiden. Like I get it. Like no one, no one has to explain to me why you'd want Aiden over Doncic. Like I get it, I wouldn't do it, but I get it. But when it comes to Marvin Bagley over him, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm going to pull up the ESPN mock draft real quick mm-hmm. because I mean these guys are plugged in. They know yes. what they're talking about. 
they talk to teams probably more than anybody. And so, yes. like, you, we should yeah, trust Yeah, Givoni and Schmitz, like, they have hears in, yeah. like, any any front office, basically. Yeah. They, they will not be changing their mock drafts later, a la Chad Ford. Like, these are... These are probably as his mock draft is as good as it gets. He has Marvin Bagley going two, yeah. <sighs> Which I can just say it's the Kings. I get it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then the Hawks going for Jaron Jackson. I love Jaron Jackson. If you listen to this show, if you listen to our draft coverage, you know that I love Jaron Jackson Jr. He's great. He's young. He could be a defensive. He's a defensive minded center that can switch out some. He might be able to hit some threes. Uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful player. Uh, will he be a franchise type player? I don't know. Maybe, maybe is the answer, but Luca falling to four to Memphis to me still just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so I don't know. And with coach bud moving on from Atlanta, you know, like he would be perfect with coach yeah, bud yeah i feel like yeah. and so i don't know what they're gonna do moving forward or what the future of the hawks is or what it looks like um it's very unclear and so i don't know i, I i'm still shocked that you wouldn't go for for this kid but if you're memphis and you can play him like who who better what better center than marcus Gasol with him i mean the the way they're going to be able to move the ball if they can find shooting you know, and I, you know, Mike Conley can play off ball too, and so can Luca. Like they could be, actually be good next year because, like, all those accomplishments that you listed off for Luca, like he's ready to play now. Like, there's not mm-hmm. going to be a long development period with him. With some of these other guys, there could be. You know, Marvin Bagley, I think he'll be able to score, but I don't. I don't know that physically he's exactly ready to be in the NBA. Uh, Jaron Jackson is so young; he's still 18. And I think he could play right away, but is he going to be a game changer right away? Like, I'm probably not. You know, Mobamba, he's 20 now, but still, like, he's a project. Um, so I don't know. I just, I just find it really interesting that he's falling that far. Um, but if you're Memphis, like, you have to be nervously excited that there's a possibility that he falls all the way to you, or this could all be posturing you know, mm-hmm. from Sacramento or Atlanta. They could all be posturing and maybe they're going to trade the pick, trade back or something to get him. Um, who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe they're maybe they're getting Memphis's hopes up so much that on draft night they're going to call him and say, hey, we're going to take Luca. Why don't you give us, you know, a future first round pick and we'll swap picks and then you can have mm-hmm. him and you can have him. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these there's no no point to me in analyzing like positional mock draft uh, this early. I mean, the, sure, like it, it's too early now, and the fact that teams are probably uh, I don't know if the workouts already started, but I think so. And Doncic, to me, like my, my understanding is he will not do any workout. Yeah. Or maybe some secret one. And and so on that end, teams will be kind of scared about the fact that they will basically not see him until uh, training camp or until uh, summer league. Yeah. And so 
it's hard to when you have like like a crazy athlete like Bagley uh, that goes into your gym, uh, jumps so high, uh, maybe shoots like twenty five from twenty five and thirty uh, from three, and he shows improvement physically and mentally, and you say this guy can be something and i am betting on a guy that really doesn't want to be here and all these things uh matters uh, especially if the owner says i want to see him if he doesn't come i will not draft him and there are play there are owners uh that that will probably do so they probably say so i mean it's hard um memphis beat i kind of like um i don't like the fact that he will be coached by a guy that is always uh, a placeholder for what's next mm-hmm. in, in Jay Beaker stuff. Uh, and so, um, I mean, my dream again is to, if he doesn't go one or two, I hope that Dallas finds a way to, to, to grab him. Uh, maybe from Atlanta, maybe from, because I mean, I want mm-hmm. him to be coached by one of the best because don't you deserve that? And mm-hmm. he, he has the talent to be spectacular in Carlisle system. Oh man. He he would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, and he can play with with, with, with Dennis Mate. I mean, there's yeah. no no problem whatsoever because Doncic will not handle the pick and roll and the uh, the offense the way Dennis Mate will. And having diversity, having uh, different ways to go at, at handling an offense, it's it's crucial. And having having two ball handlers that can be your ball handlers going forward, it's something that works. And, um, and so I, I really hope that he, he, a gets money. And if he doesn't get the full, uh, eight millions of the first pick, then Carlisle. Yeah. And if he does fall to Dallas, Dallas won't take a big. And then I'm sure that Dallas would just be so happy to be able to offer a max contract to Clint Capella, whether they end up with him or not. I'm sure they would love oh, to yeah. be able to do that. <laughs> Oh yeah, they, they, the opportunity cost there is, it, it, like Dallas will offer max contracts, uh, yeah, because they, they they have they have Wes Matthews, yes, but he's expiring, and so they don't have big contracts, and they don't have guys to pay for the next two years. So you can give Capella uh, a three plus one um, max level, and probably this will cause you trouble by year four but who cares i mean you can do gymnastics later and he'll still be good yeah yeah he's young and he'd be perfect for smith and for Doncic. oh yeah yeah and can play one year with dirk uh so yeah there's not really no real issues no real issue there and so i i think that dallas will will target the big if it's draft night great if it's not well they have ways to get white side if they want they have ways to mm-hmm. to to get into the um, boogie uh yeah they could. Thousands. i mean they they can mm-hmm. offer him a one year uh full max uh, or one plus one half guaranteed on the second year uh, no one will be able to offer a max except for them and probably um new orleans which will be forced to make a good offer and so yeah i mean we're we're where the bigs uh, will end up in the draft will shape uh, the offers that will be made by to Capella and to and to Boogie. Man, if if the Mavs end up with Doncic and Demarcus Cousins, I might turn into a Mavs fan. That just <laughs> sounds like an incredible team. Not like they're going to be so good; they're going to a championship, but just like fascinating by uh, 
by personality standpoint. Because yeah. Dennis Smith's a personality too. So it'd be yeah. that'd yeah, be a yeah. fun, fun team. Yes. Um, okay. Let's move on to NBA draft talk and let's talk about Kevin Knox to start with. Um let me find his measurables real quick. Um he is a forward. I I have a hard time seeing him play a lot of small forward um mm-hmm. in the NBA. I think that he's he's a tweener kind of. He's yes. He's six foot nine, he's got a six eleven wingspan, he's two ten, so he's pretty skinny. Um but he is a role player. He is going to be able to shoot it. He can attack or yes. close out some. He's got a nice little floater game and I personally don't love floater games, especially from guys like Why? This. I don't, I'd rather see him just try to get to the free throw line. Okay. You know, and he doesn't, <clears throat> I like him a lot. I think mm-hmm. that he, you know, if Houston had a way to get a hold of him, he'd be perfect in Houston um, mm-hmm. or really anywhere because he's going to be a good spot of shooter. But um, I like him as a role player. He doesn't quite have the tenacity that you would want out of a player, but you don't have to have that to be an effective player. That's just something that I personally really like. Um, but I think that he's going to make it in the NBA because he can really shoot it. Um, mm-hmm. what, are, what are your thoughts? Uh, I have the same concerns. I mean, um, I heard, I heard about the fact that he's not like um, the most uh, self-confident guy. He tends to shy away from certain, like from big stages. Um, well, he did that. I'm, I don't know if that is something that he will he will uh, have in his NBA career. I like the versatility offensively because he can shoot it. He can attack closeouts from the dribble, especially on the right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, he is versatile enough on the on the offensive side, and I think he has the tools um, to be an adequate defender of fours. I don't think he will be able to stay in front of. Um, ball handlers like Paul George or KD or guys like that. Um, But these are rare. I mean, not every team has a a small forward that can kill you off the dribble. And Mm -hmm. so he he can be... like he has up, he has upside because he's very young and the physical tools are there. And so if he's able to improve his um, level of athleticism, especially in quick lateral quickness, then you are talking about a guy that can be a three and four, uh, much like uh, Miles Bridges that we covered last week. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think he's a step be- behind um, Miles Bridges. Uh, because of his athleticism and also the fact that Miles Bridges want, wants to kill you every time he plays. Whereas Knox, it doesn't look like the same kind of aggressiveness. Um, yeah. But he's talented. He's talented and the, the shot is there. I mean, he, he can really uh, make threes. I don't think he, have, he will have a problem uh, knocking down those, even if they are more, um, even if the NBA threes is not exactly the same as college one. Yeah, he's he's closer to a seven foot wingspan than I'd realized. He, yeah, um, I mean he's he's got the measurables. He's kind of, I mean he's he'll have a probably a similar role to like a Trevor Ariza in the league, where he'll hit threes and can defend. He'll he'll defend fours mostly, I would guess, unless mm-hmm. he can unless he can be a lot quicker. Um, 
but he just doesn't have that. He's kind of like a bigger, slower Trevor Ariza who someday somebody might think that he can do more than he really can, like they did with Ariza in Houston uh, back in the day where he mm-hmm. was given like a big role. But uh, ultimately, I think his destiny is a, a role player. And, you know, I can see why he is where he is in drafts. You know, he's in mock drafts. He's not, I mean, he's rarely in the top 10 for anybody. Um, he's really rarely in the lottery for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But for a team, he has, he's going 15 to the Wizards on ESPN's mock. I'm like, yeah, that makes a yeah. ton of sense. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have. It seems like uh, drafting a guy that you already have, uh, but not really. I mean, they have Porter, Ubre, and I think Knox fits both. I mean, they yeah. can play two of those guys, even three of those guys uh, at once. And I think that having versatile wings wings in in this era is is an okay thing to do. Thing, thing to do. And so, um, I think. At 15, you can go wrong uh, with Knox. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will start question a pick in like uh, around 9, 10, 11, uh, maybe again um, before Miles Bridges. That is something that may pan out, but I'm less confident on that. Let's put it this way. Yeah. I like him for Denver too. Yeah. I, I hope they draft some, someone with a better defensive uh, attributes. Even if, the again, the physicals Certainly. are great. Mm-hmm. But but I saw plenty of clips where he couldn't hold uh, in front of uh, smaller guys. And so if yeah. you're Denver, I don't think you, you want that. No, he's a, he's a little he's a little bit switchy. He could get better. I mean, he's so young. He's 18. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, and so... I just wonder one, just getting out of the college game. Like yeah. what, like what will that look like for him? Um, it could go really well for him or it could go the other way. And that mm-hmm. everybody's much faster and we're, the floor is much more spaced and I cannot stay in front of people like that could yeah. be the case or he could really thrive. Um, you know, being so young and, you know, getting, he needs to land in a good spot. I'm not sure that Washington is exactly a, the greatest spot, but I think Denver is a, is a good landing spot for young players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could play a little bit of three, but I think that he's ultimately going to be a stretch four uh, that's versatile. And, you know, with that, maybe Denver's not a great fit because he's not going to be a good, he's not a great rebounder. And, yeah. you know, that's putting a lot of pressure on Jokic to do so so much like you'd rather like Paul Millsap's a great fit next to him obviously because he can rebound and defend and do all those things but you just kind of wonder like coming off the bench to have a a stretch four would be pretty nice which is what he projects to be in the next few years Mm -hmm. and you know maybe down the road he could be a starter but to me he's uh surely a a role player um he's he'll be in the top eight rotation for somebody down the road at least, and then has the upside to be a starting four in the NBA. But um, I like him. I think that I think he's going to be a guy. I like, I like Kevin Knox. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not easy to find versatile wings uh, in yeah. these days. And I'm sure that in the next five years, we will find always more of these guys mm-hmm. uh, because that's, that's the way it goes. But still, uh, I, I think that, Again, 
outside of the early lottery, like the first 10 picks, uh, maybe outside the first 12 picks, I think that you can draft Kevin Knox and be happy because he will, will likely be something. There's no um, indication that he is a kid that will cause any trouble to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he's not, let's say, that he shies away from maybe the biggest stages is, a, is an issue if you want if you want to make him your star, but for role players, that is almost always the case. Uh, and, and like, maybe not all, all uh, like you can be a role player, an effective role player without having to be the best guy on the court, uh, in the finals. Let's mm-hmm. put it this way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's, I feel like he's going to be a good forward. He doesn't have the upside that a miles bridges does or mm-hmm. that uh, Michael Porter jr. Does like those guys could you know, be the second or even the best player on a, on a team. Um, and, and Knox is just not that, but if you could plug him into a Washington, like we talked about, or like he'd be really nice next to Russell Westbrook. Cause all he has to do is catch and shoot. Um, you know, he needs that. He's going to need to be plugged in somewhere that makes sense for him to be successful. If he lands on a team, that's kind of a young team that's directionless. Like I feel like he would be terrible in Orlando or, um, you know, I, I guess he could be okay with the Clippers. I'm not sure exactly what they would do. He may actually get buried with their forward rotation. Yeah. Um, like Phoenix, I'd be a little bit scared of him going to Phoenix. Um, no, if he, please. If he fell to Milwaukee, that would be kind of interesting. They have, well, depend, like you can find similarities between him and, and the version of Jabari that we have now, mm-hmm. uh, because outside of college, like he, Jabari looked like um, a first guy, first option on offense. Uh, but right now he is turning into a, um, sort of a defensive liability, which probably Knox will be in his first year, maybe yeah. not for his entire career, that must knock down uh, mid-range jumpers and trees. And so um, it could be like the fit uh, with with Giannis, it's obvious. I mean, uh, he'll, he'll have a spot in, in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can give like flexibility uh, when it comes to uh, replacing Parker if he decides to demand too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Colin Sexton. He is 19 years old. He played for Alabama. He's a point guard. He's six foot two. He's got a six seven wingspan. He's 185. Uh, Sexton's an interesting player. He's got a lot of tenacity, which is mm-hmm. something that Knox didn't have, but he's one of the more tenacious players in this draft, I think, um, mm-hmm. which is why he's going so high in a lot of mock drafts. Um, watching him play for Alabama is really interesting because there's so many guys that have big hair for that team that it's <laughs> kind of hard to watch at times. Cause you're like, who's, who's who, but, uh, Sexton's he's kind of great. <laughs> he's yeah. I feel like he's he's a real yeah. boomer bust guy for me. Exactly, exactly. He he's the ultimate boomer bust. Yeah. And I'm asking you this. Um put like an average uh mind inside Sexton body. Mm-hmm. Does he go in the first round? Oh, no way. No way. Exactly. And with these kind of prospects, it's very very hard to to parse what his future will be because i mean if you if you think that he can will himself into the league and that's something that he can do 
uh, then you have to draft him in inside the lottery. Um, 9, 10, 11, 12, depending on who likes him. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other end, he, he, like, he, he can go like nuts, like completely nuts and no one will be surprised. And so it's a very risky pick. And, uh, because like he's, if you look at the physical and the, the, the thing that he can do on the court, there is nothing that you can say, well, this will translate. I know that this will translate because defensively he will face much harder competition and bigger bodies, uh, taller, taller players. And so he can really guard once and maybe some two. Uh, let's say one and two. Um, no way he can switch on threes. He's very, very small. Um, he doesn't shoot. He finished at the rim, but with with force, not with craft. And like not even Russ is not really efficient at the rim. And it is he, he's Russell Westbrook. There, like mm-hmm. so. There is. I, I'm really scared about these kind of players. Because they, again, as you said, they, they can turn out great because they will themselves over all these issues that they have. But if they don't, then is a pick that is completely wasted. Yeah, he is horrifying to me. <laughs> and he's also <laughs> wonderful. If he was yeah. if he was six four or six five, oh, I, yeah. I'd oh, take yeah. him. But oh, the, yeah. the six two scares me. The six yeah. two scares me because he's like only a point guard. Because if he was I don't think he's Marcus Smart, but I think no. that he could be, he could make plays like Marcus Smart. Like you just throw him out there, you know, if he was big enough, but he's not big enough. Like he's, he's a point guard or he's a backup point guard, you know, like that's it. Yeah. And he, or he's playing over in Europe in a few years, you know, like if you, if you told me that he was the starting point guard for the Knicks, you know, moving forward for the next 10 years, I would say like, yeah, I bet you he is. And I'm sure the garden just lights up for him every night. Mm-hmm. Or if you told me that he is playing for Fenerbahce, I'd be like, yeah, that probably makes sense too. And they probably really love him over there too. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, are you being racist against basketball, European basketball? Am I being racist? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just think that he's, he's so much fun. He has horrible shot selection. I mean, yes. just awful. Um, but he's going to work his butt off. He can get to the yeah. rim. He can, he's not the greatest finisher, like you said, but he can get there. Um, man, if you're in the lottery, there's just better to me, there's better ways to go. And he scares me too much to, to say like, you're going to be our franchise point guard. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Or, or you draft him with the idea that he will not be your franchise point guard. Yeah. Um, So say like, there are a few scenarios where I'm at least entertained by the idea. So say that Mikhail Bridges is not there at 10. And like Colangelo is in some some other place, is not there uh, to draft. Uh, and there is a new guy, new draft, uh, new new uh, GM that wants to draft high uh, characters, and so guys that can really uh, pull out things uh, when everything else doesn't work. Like Philadelphia can gamble. Yeah, and like imagine like. 
having a non-shooter point that doesn't shoot, it's not great. Uh, alongside um, Ben Simmons, we all know that, and they all they have Markel, which is something. And and but but if you take Saxon, and he is your uh, bench six man that can play and destroy whatever is in front of him. Is it bad? I don't know. Maybe the, is the perfect role for him. Or if you are like uh, a Clippers uh, team that doesn't really know where to go in terms of uh, players and really wants to have the best chance to draft a superstar at 12, well, Sexton has a decent chance to be someone that will be in the NBA for 10 years, as you said, and maybe being a good player because he will himself to shoot threes Mm -hmm. because he's so powerful and so angry with you that he will dunk on you even if you are a seven-foot player. There is a universe where all this thing happens. I don't think it's probable. I don't think it's likely to happen. But if if you want to swing for the fences between nine and 12 and you want to get a star uh, this late, then Sexton is your pick. Yeah. He's like Russell without like the crazy measurables. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always forgot about the fact that Russ is six, uh, probably six, three without shoes, which is mm. two full inches more than Sexton. Sexton is six period, like six and change probably. It matters because like Russell, we all know what Russell is now. He's a superstar. He's a top seven player in the NBA. He's flat out amazing but had he not been this guy like he could just be like your super versatile he could start next to you know a a good shooting point guard or he can start next Mm -hmm. to a good shooting shooting guard and then like he he doesn't have to be your offense he can just be you know kind of what mark like what marcus smart is you know just he does everything um and he helps you win and Sexton just doesn't have that. His floor is out of the league, really. Like I, it yeah, would, that's what that's what's scary about him is that you know with Smart and with Russell and with those kind of guys that are just these tenacious point guards that like you watch him, you're like, man, I love that guy. Like he's yeah. like he's just he's laying it all out there. Um, the floor for those guys was they're going to be in the NBA for ten or twelve years as a you know a starter or as a role player. Yes. And, you know, Sexton just doesn't have that. And that that's where I'm just ugh. like if he like he could shoot, he could, you know, have terrible shot selection, shoot himself out of the NBA because he's just, you know, if, if he told me he shot 12 percent from three on a crazy number of attempts, I'd be like, ah, yeah, he probably did. <laughs> 12, 12 is very low. But yes, I, I get that. I mean, with a shot. With a reliable 34-5-ish percent uh, from three, I can see him being a better ball handler than Beverly. Mm-hmm. But the shooting is crucial, and I don't trust that. It's it's hard. It's hard to trust that. He can improve. I mean, he can, he can change his shot completely. But as of now, like, the shooting selection and the shooting mechanics is not good. Like, no. you cannot trust it. Um, it can happen uh, in the future that he decides to uh, bet on himself and focus just on shooting. And that can change a lot. But it's 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 not likely. Let's put it this way. Yes. Agreed. Uh, a little bit of uh, breaking news here. Royce Young 
has tweeted a quote tweet of the Stephen Adams Instagram like and says, I'm told this was an accidental like by Stephen Adams for what it's <laughs> worth. I'm a little disappointed in you, Stephen. Just saying. No, I hate that. I'm disappointed that you would say that because we know that there are very few ac- true accidental likes in Instagram life. And I don't appreciate that you said that it was an accident. I wish you would just own it, but I understand. I understand the PR of this. I get it. Um, but I'm a little disappointed. That's all I have to say. Well, you had, you had to probably, you had to say that. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure that they were like, <laughs> I'm sure Matt yeah. Tumbleson was like, this was an accident, right? <laughs> He's like, ah, uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Anything else about Colin Sexton? He's, he could oh, be. There, there is one data that, that leans into the fact that he could be one day, maybe a shooter. It, it is the okay. free throw rate uh, and the free throw percentage. It's, it's not bad. So, um, yeah. I mean, if you tell me right now that he can shoot 30, Three, four percent. I think that the oh. um, the floor raise uh, raises a lot uh, for sure. And he should like seventy eight percent on seven point six attempt is is good uh, mm-hmm. by any by any standard. And so there is hope, um, but he can still go mad uh, and go nuts uh, completely uh, because he he's very weird in in that in that sense. And and there o- there's also a thing that uh, we. I know that because like Alabama used uh, chart side this season is that on the games that it didn't play, um, Alabama was even better offensively. Uh, that can be situational, but he's a, that, I said that just to say that he's a very polarizing player. And so you, you have to take into account that if you draft a guy like that, probably you, you have to be careful which kind of team you give him. Um, and that's that's that can lead to uh, all sorts of issues in terms of chemistry and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. And so much of um, the draft is where you land and which team, yeah. which coach, which franchise, what what they have in place. You know, and the Thunder was a great spot for Russell, and had Russell landed with somebody else, like I. Is he this player? I I don't I don't know. You know, is was every team willing to just hand him the keys to their franchise and to be the point guard? Probably not. And so, like, what is what is he um, mm-hmm. with somebody else? I don't know. And so that's with Sexton. It's it's really going to matter where he lands and if what what kind of trust the franchise has with him. Uh, we're going to cover one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, prospect Shay Gilgis Alexander from Kentucky. He is super interesting to me. He's a point guard. Um, he is six foot six. He's got the measurables that Colin Sexton doesn't. He's six foot six. He's got a six eleven and a half wingspan. Um, which I mean, he's he's got all the measurables but he he lacks that same tenacity that yes um sexton has if you, if you put the tenacity of sexton into uh gilgis alexander oh, or that that's that's a, like top two top three because oh he's, yeah he's incredible because that yeah he's very methodical in the way that he mm-hmm. runs an offense um 
but he also like he can finish and he can shoot it some and he can he can make plays and he has the link to be a defender uh he doesn't show this tenacity on the defensive end to me but Mm -hmm. also kentucky switched everything and so it's really hard to see like if he was if he was made to fight over a screen like i want to know like what would that look like but we didn't really, yes. I didn't, I, I watched a ton of him this morning and I didn't have a chance to see that because they just immediately switch everything. And so, and he can defend multiple positions um, because of he has the size and the length. He's a, like he could be, you know, if, if he, if he couldn't shoot it at, you know, the NBA level, like he could be Sean Livingston-esque role yes. player that comes yeah. in he can play a small forward through point guard. He, he can certainly can handle, but he could also be a role play, role player. And I, from the things that I've read, I'm not sure that he would mind being that kind of player. Um, mm-hmm. So he's to me, he has a a higher floor than what Sexton does. Yes, but the ceiling is really hard. It's hard to know what he could be um, because. You know, he could be like a low end starting point guard, or he mm-hmm. could just be a role player on a team. Um, I, do, I really have no idea. I don't know if he can be a starting point guard in the league because I don't know that he has like that personality. Because if you look at all the starting point guards in the NBA, they all have like this swagger and this personality. Like, look mm-hmm. at the top 10 point guards. It really does take that to have the ball yeah. in your hands all the time, to be willing to take those shots, to have, and like that's where you say, like, I see that in Colin Sexton. Yeah. Like he's got yeah. that. And so it wouldn't surprise me if he could be that guy. Uh, Gilligas Alexander is just so much different. Uh, he's yeah. he's just kind of a, he's there. He's, he can make plays and he can shoot it. He can create his own shot. He can do all those things, but there's just like something that you're just like, I just want a little bit more. Like I want something more from you, but what are, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I started with the defensive side. Um, and I was not pleased by what I saw mm-hmm. uh, because on top of the switches, he he was pushed around uh, quite a bit. Yeah. And he was not very um, locked in defensively. Oh, I, I don't because, think I said his weight. He's 6'6", 170. Yeah, it's, the, the, the body can feel uh, because he has like bright, um, like wide sh- shoulders, mm-hmm. and so you can you can think that he will put weight on, and he will be more effective. Mm-hmm. And so with this body, he cannot play defense like flat no. out, uh, and he, his feet are not super quick, um, which is something that you can see on defense. But on offense, um, I expected uh, a completely different player, and I. Instead, I, I, I fell in love um, um, to his pick-and-roll offense, which is incredible. He has a, like a, a timing in attacking um, uh, the pick-and-roll, which I almost never see in NBA players because he can attack you from the dribble by pacing himself with the right um, with, with long strides and with change of direction that are based not on pure uh, speed or pure force, but he's so smart in finding the right angle where to where to move in order to find the best um, lane uh, to drive to the basket. And he's a very crafty finisher. His pick and roll numbers in terms of efficiency are over the over the charts, mm-hmm. like uh, over the roof. It's one point 
I think 1.13 uh, points per possession in pick and roll, it's which strange. is amazing. No, no, it's 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 unbelievable, mm-hmm. and it's due to the fact that he attacks. Uh, it's similar to Tony Parker in that in that setting. Mm. Uh, the fact that he can move, it seems to move slowly, but yes. he's really completely under control. Yeah, and I think that 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 specific um, gift that he has is so valuable in the NBA. I question all the other things, basically, because he, we don't know if he'll be a reliable shooter. Uh, we don't know if he will fill up in terms of body. I I tend to say yes, but um, there's no certainty there. Um, he's not aggressive. He's not very... Um, he doesn't like to play defense, or at least he didn't show that in Kentucky, which this year was a complete mess in terms mm-hmm. of uh, chemistry and players and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but nevertheless, if you give him a very good screener and if you let him run pick and roll, you will make baskets, mm-hmm. either for himself or for others. He's a bit turnover prone, um, about 20% of possession in pick and roll, which is scary. But again, he didn't have basically any smart player to pass the ball except for Kevin Knox. So um, I I really think that he, if he's put in the right situation, he can be extremely valuable. Um, and his speaking and roll timing is something that you really should look into because it's, it's great to watch. Uh, it's something different. It's not like brute force or just shooting the trees. It's something like an old school way to attack pick and roll, which is still very effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for me, and he's even a, a pretty decent spot up shooter. Like he's a good yeah. spot up shooter, and so not many attempts though. No, mm. but there's that upside there for him. Yeah, to be because that's what Sean Livingston doesn't do. Um, mm-hmm. Is that he doesn't take? Um, he's not a good spot up shooter, and so for him, like I just like I love his size. Uh, he's 19 years old still. Um, he's, so he's really young and if his body can fill out, like I could, I just see him like being in the NBA. Like Mm -hmm. he, he may not be a starter and he may not be like a go-to guy, but I can just see him, you know, being in the NBA and playing multiple roles and, um, like he could do that or he could be a starting point guard. Like he, Mm -hmm. like he, he's got, like you said, he's got the pick and roll skills. He's got the patience. Um, to find the right shot, he's got the length and the athleticism to get to the rim. Like I, I don't know. I, I like him. I, I just don't. I don't think you're going to necessarily miss on him. Uh, mm-hmm. It just depends on how high you take him. But if you're like late lottery or like if you're the Clippers, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you have one of those picks, and he's he'll probably be there. You know, mm-hmm. I I might take him with one of those picks if I'm the Clippers, just yeah, because it's, I don't. It's not, it's not bad. I don't think no. you're going to miss. I just don't think you're going to miss on him. And he's going. He they, the ESPN has him going twelfth to the Clippers yeah. right now. Yeah. And so, um, if you could, if you were, let's say you're on the board and you're Philadelphia, and your owner says, "I need you to take a point guard." Are you taking Sexton or are you taking Gilgis Alexander? Hey, um, uh, 
do I know uh, which Max player I'm most likely to target? <laughs> oh, man. Do I know if I am David Griffin? Because if so, I will not draft a point guard. Like, even if my owner says, you need to. Because <laughs> no. I'll have, like, the best point guard slash forward slash powerful slash whatever role you want to make him play yeah. coming your way. And so there's no... Rookies. You can try to, to trade that pick to to actually um, grab another role player. Okay, two. I'll say this: you're not getting any free agents, and you have to okay. go, and you have to draft a point guard. Okay. Um, like I, I want craziness, and so let's go with Sexton. Mm-hmm. Just 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 for the like I don't I know that the fit is not good. Like <laughs> I know it, and uh, it sounds stupid. And probably is, but with that specific team, I don't mind Sexton craziness because it's the thing that if it doesn't work, I say, well, let's let's I'll I'll just cut you and you don't make any trouble here. But if it pans out, imagine a team with that tenacity, with Embiid, with 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 guy. There's no shooting, I, I know, but. There is so much defensive talent that you can basically defend against everyone, because uh, Sexton will harass your point, the opponent pointer like no one in the mm-hmm. league. If he if he will bring that specific mindset to the NBA, if yeah. he doesn't, well, he wasted it. Uh, number ten. Well, uh, so what? I'll have another one next season. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I, I, I the, fit, the fit says Alexander. Like the fit is Alexander. The safe, the safest pick is Alexander for them, just because, yeah. like I've said, he can be versatile. He's got the size and the length to be versatile, and he can. He, you can imagine, like you can imagine, a uh, hundred different outcomes for his career where he's still the NBA. And yeah, that's, I, I like him. I, I would, I'd probably go Alexander for them, just because I can. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to be a guy that necessarily has to have the ball to be effective. And with Ben Simmons there, and with Embiid there, kind of, like you could start him as like your like a versatile point guard. That you know, in a few years, if he can fill out a little bit, maybe he doesn't have to only guard point guards. And yeah. if he can guard, and, and in fact, I don't know that that's his best position to defend either, because like no, we mentioned, no. like he's not mm-hmm. quick enough to do that. And so, if he can guard shooting guards and you know, small forwards. I mean, it'll be tough for him to guard small forwards, but if he can chase around shooting guards and, and, you know, play with guys like that, I feel like that's a, that's a solid fit for him. So I like him a lot. And I, if I'm an NBA GM and you're wanting to keep your job, I think you, you draft Alexander. And if you're a guy that has some rope, uh, you go Sexton just because you can swing for the fences and you may strike right out or you can, he's, he's boomer bust. He just is, he's fun, but, uh, he scares me. He would scare me a little yeah. bit if I'm a GM. Yeah. I, I, you know that I am more like inclined to take enormous risks. Uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything because I will not have any power. Right. <laughs> but still, <laughs> I, that said, I still think that Mikhail Bridges is the best. best oh, without a doubt. Think and I, I really think that he will be there uh, for them to take. Which Seems like is, uh, yeah, they will probably make parades. Not Colangelo, as I said last time, but another GM right. will probably make parades uh, if they if they draft him. Yeah, and they should because he there, there's not a better fit in this draft for that team no. than him. I mean, he's a 
a great spot up shooter. He can defend. He, I mean, he's just, and he's got size. Like he's just like every, yeah. everything that you could want. Uh, okay. Michele, anything else before we go? No. Um, I still like LeBron, even if he doesn't, didn't score like 51. And I think, I still think he's the goat. Oh man. Sorry to say that. Yeah. He's, he's the man. He's, he's the greatest. Yeah, he is without a doubt. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's wrap up. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, we just appreciate you taking the time, uh, to check us out, tell your friends and your family about our show, uh, tweet about it, uh, retweet the, uh, the podcast. Um, we'll, we'll send out a link to the podcast later on, retweet that. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Go get yourself some Andy's custard and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.